It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rump. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The Sports Weekend. It's the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six, wrapping up this short work week in style. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. Coming up this hour, we get a chance to visit with Kevin Bowen from 93.5107.5, the fan down in Indianapolis. Also, a replay of yesterday's conversation with Kevin Kiermeyer. Now with the Toronto Blue Jays, of course, originally from Bishop Lewis High School, big Purdue Boilermakers fan. I'm sure he is all pumped about tonight's game against the Fighting Illini. Like I don't know that he's pumped up since we talked to him actually yesterday. <laughs> Guess I, I shouldn't try to act like uh, we don't know what Kevin's going to say because we do know. But uh, it was such a great conversation and we have it annually with him. Uh, during the off season, at some point, we catch up, touch base. Thought it'd be a good time with the start of the new year and him just getting his one-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays to come back and play north of the border again this season. And so we talked to him yesterday right off the top of the show. Didn't have a whole lot of time to promote it, so we thought, you know what? It was good enough, it was fun enough, and it's it's a guy that uh, has connected with this community and what he's done as a professional athlete. So we're going to replay it for you in our 5 o'clock hour. And it just works out that uh, the best time for us to replay that is coming up somewhere around 5.30-ish today. But uh, Kevin Kiermeyer on the show this hour. Once again, tonight we've got high school basketball. It fills the airwaves here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. As the Northside Legends visit the Wayne Generals. Boys basketball starts at 7.45. We'll be on the air at around 7.40, give or take 10 or 15 minutes, depending on the length of the girls' basketball game that precedes it. Uh, I'll have the call from Wayne High School, and then after the game, we'll shoot over to the Waynedale Pizza Hut on Bluffton Road, uh, just south of Lower Huntington Road, where you can uh, come on out, join us, and be part of our post-game show. Of course, Friday night, High School Basketball presented by Parkview Sports Medicine, PSM. And, uh, and of course, uh, at the post-game show, we've got shirts. Yeah, we have a, we have some shirts from Old Fort Baseball Company to give out. Really uh, cool shirts. Custom design. Yeah, 260 Hoops. 260 Hoops on 1380 The Fan. And uh, Logan went ahead and designed a special shirt just for our post-game. And the only way to get our shirt is to be there. Yeah, we gave out uh, a couple la the last time we had a post-game show yeah. before Christmas break. Yeah, and so uh, if you want to pick up one of our shirts, stop by, see us, and uh, we'll get those ready for you. We'll be out there from about 9.15 until 10.30 tonight 
as uh, you can count on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, for all your high school basketball coverage uh, presented by Parkview Sports Medicine. Um, also, tomorrow, Dons and Wright State. Big win in the Horizon League. The Dons coming in with a 4-0 record. Wright State coming off a very impressive 82-70 win over Cleveland State last night. Uh, Wright State, one of those teams with two bigs. They got two guys that are about 6'9 each. One does like to step out, shoot threes. Brandon Knoll finished with 24 points last night to lead the Raiders on 10 of 12 shooting, including two of three from long distance. But they also have two outstanding guards. Uh, top scorer in the Horizon League, Trey Calvin. He averages over 20 points per game. And then they've also got uh, um, their, uh, their transfer, uh, Tanner Holden, who went to Ohio State for one year from Wright State and then came back to Wright State. And he's been scoring, I think, 22, 23 points per game in Horizon League action. So it's going to be uh, a tough matchup for the Mastodon. Should be a high-scoring affair. Check it out at the Coliseum in person tomorrow at 1 o'clock or right here, starting with the pregame show at 1245 on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy, high school basketball tonight. We're going to be out at Wayne High School for the Northside Legends and the Wayne Generals for uh, somebody to maintain the top spot in the Summit Athletic Conference. It should be a good one starting around 7.45. Join us for the pregame show at 7.40 right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Time now to take, talk to our buddy down in Indianapolis. Of course, he's part of the morning show on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan down in Indianapolis. It is Kevin Bowen. KB, how are you today? Doing great, Brett. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, this work week seemed to just fly by, almost like it was four days long. <laughs> Can't be that. And I was <laughs> hell of a weekend now, upcoming. Well, you had all of three days. I, I caught you. you. You had a day off this week. So <laughs> so all of three days for KB. But no, I'm uh, refreshed, back at it, like riding a bike. I, uh, I took a couple weeks off, spent uh, a week down in Florida, so... Uh, we're back at it. Hey, I got to ask you about uh, the college football playoffs before we get too far into the Colts. A um, couple of great games, first of all, in the semifinals. Washington, Michigan. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback for the Washington Huskies, former Indiana quarterback. Indiana fans, do they want to see this happen for Penix or would it be painful to see him win a national championship with someone else? Oh, I think they want to see it happen. Yeah, I mean, Penix, for the stories, it's a bit Hollywood-like, Brett. Honestly, when you think back to the multiple injuries that he had, the multiple ACL injuries, I was reading something on Penix earlier this week, um, you know, a very, you know, vulnerable moment that he shared about there are times, I think it was a 2020, maybe 2021 season at Indiana, where he'd wait for his roommate to leave the morning of a game, and then... He said he'd get emotional and start crying on the floor, almost kind of in a prayerful mode, mm. um, you know, asking God to keep him healthy for that game. He had been through so much physically and was so unsure of just, you know, where he was at physically. I'm sure you could insert some joke here about IU football fans praying to God for <laughs> their offensive line to keep anyone healthy. But, um, you know, to me, he seems like a great kid. Again, been through so much physically off the field. 
I'm sure it's kind of a wild element. J.J. McCarthy's backup is also an IU quarterback and Jack Tuttle. So it is pretty crazy when you think about that for, for Monday night. But I love the Pennock story. I love watching Washington play. Uh, I'll fully admit I got a little financial stake in them as well. So there's a little bit of that on the line for me. But uh, I can't wait for Monday night. And, and just glad we got two new teams in it and you know, two teams that have never even been in the, uh, the title game before. Yeah, probably the worst matchup from a television standpoint, though, because w- wouldn't Texas, Alabama have been the real TV draw? I feel like Michigan still is a big, big draw. I mean, isn't it? I, I, is, is there a little bit of Alabama fatigue that maybe you won't get? And I think Harbaugh's created a little bit of Belichick to him of, you know, you either love him or you hate him sort of feel to it. So um, I think that's at play here. And, you know, again, Washington's just fun to watch. This is just boring football from a you know whatever a team that you didn't necessarily want to see there so i don't know maybe viewership will be down a little bit but i will certainly be watching and can't wait to see it and honestly i think michael Penix can have a career in the nfl um, I, I think his game is you know in a way a little similar to uh, to what you see from cj stroud as well just a ball placement specialist to use the uh, phrase that cj stroud used back in the combine uh it's fun to watch Penix throw it takes chances tries to fit the ball into some tight windows and more often than not he can do it yeah, I keep trying to think of who the comp would be to Michael Penix Jr. And I kind of look at a guy like Tua a little bit. Maybe that's just because they're both sure. left-handed. But Penix may be a little bit taller than Tua. But they got that touch on the football, and they seem to have a sixth sense of knowing where to throw it, when to throw it, and throwing it to the right guy. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good one. I mean, guys that aren't, like, crazy mobile by any means with Tua or Penix or, again, even C.J. Stroud, but... Um, they are beautiful throwers of the football. They take chances. Um, and Washington, it's been an unbelievable one-possession game run, really, throughout the past couple of months for them. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be a terrific, terrific game. Very contrasting yeah. styles, uh, but I think it'll be a terrific game. Well, and Tua was, uh, had an injury issue, too, when uh, when he was at right. Alabama. So I, I guess I see some similarities. I think Penix might have a little more zip on the ball. He showed that on a couple of those throws he made uh, against Texas. All right, let's talk Colts football. It's a big one coming up Saturday night. Uh, Even the NFL identifies that the Colts are involved in a big football game because they move this into Saturday night primetime. How about that? The Colts finally get the big stage. Now they just got to take advantage of it. (laughs) Well, how about the Texans, too? They played at 1 (laughs) o'clock Sunday every single game this season, and they're in the... ESPN, 815, Buck and Aikman will be on the call tomorrow night. And, yeah, I mean, it is well-deserved. And, you know, Brett, I've been thinking about, and, I mean, hell, you and I probably had the conversation a year ago this week. Uh, you know, think about what was at stake in the final game last season between these two teams at Lucas Oil. I mean, CBS should have flexed that game to True TV <laughs> or something like that. And what you got was a thrilling Texans comeback, their fans, wanting to revolt at Lovey Smith for coming back and not only scoring the late touchdown, but remember, they went for two, and they got it. So they went from the number one pick to the number two pick. The Colts, by losing that game, they move up to number four. I think there's a chance the Colts don't get Anthony Richardson had they won that game. So it's wild to think, and there's other Texans fans that believe had they had the one pick, they might have taken Bryce Young yeah. and not C.J. Stroud. So it's just amazing how you know those moments, in games that we'll see tomorrow, or, or Sunday, I should say, a game that we won't pay any attention to, but whether it was the Colts of Andrew Luck or the Colts of Peyton Manning, I mean, or even Anthony Walker, or uh, Anthony Richardson, I should say, you know, those games can, can totally change the fortunes of your franchise. 
I think coaching is important, and you've got two rookie coaches, one defensive, one offensive. They both had great years. Who's got the advantage? Well, I, I'd say in past history, as Indy indicated over the past 12 months, I, I'd go with Shane Steichen. Um, you know, when you, did, you go back to week two, uh, 31 points for the Colts with Steichen against D'Amico Ryans of the Texans. You will go back to the NFC title game back in January. I get it. It's totally different teams, but, you know, the Eagles and 49ers, these two match up from a play-calling standpoint. And, again, Shane Steichen puts up 31 points against D'Amico Ryan's 49ers. So sample size isn't big. It's two games. And, again, the ingredients in the kitchen are far different than they were for either of those matchups, even the Week 2 game, really. These teams are really, really different. But still, um, I think that is something to take note of. And, you know, in kind of a weird oddity to this season, I had a, one of our listeners, Zach, Zach Boyd does a great job kind of finding these random Colts nuggets. He texted me a few weeks back, and he was like, you find it odd that the Colts have beaten all of like the defensive coaches they play, um, but can't really beat the offensive coaches they play? And I'm like, wow, that's huh. interesting. And so I started to take a little bit of a deeper dive into it. And if you look at the wins this season, Brett, they pretty much have only beaten defensive coaches. You know, Mike Vrabel twice, D'Amico Ryans, Mike Tomlin, Todd Bowles. Uh, Dennis Allen was a defensive coach that they lost to, but that was really it. Then on the flip side of it, offensively, they pretty much lost to all of those types of coaches. Sean McVay, Doug Peterson twice, uh, Arthur Smith, Zach Taylor. They did beat Frank Reich for what it's worth. But um, it, there's really only been one game that's kind of been an outlier. John Harbaugh, more of a special teams guy, and they beat him. So I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to look at it, you know, class half full certainly had into tomorrow night, and you know that's, that's something in favor of the Colts. But um, you know, I, I think in most games this season, the Colts have had an advantage, and you know, in these prior matchups, Shane Steichen versus D'Amico Ryan's, which is play caller versus play caller, the Colts have had an advantage there. Or I should say, Steichen has had an advantage there. What uh, What does the game come down to? Do the Colts have to run the football to win? I think they got to win the trenches. Period. Flat out. Uh, and on paper, they should. I mean, Brett, if Ryan Kelly plays tomorrow, and he did practice yesterday in the final practice of the week, the Colts will have their week one starting lineup, O-line-wise, and week one defensive line starting lineup also. I mean, think about that. How many times does the NFL team play an entire season and they get to week 18 and they've got the nine hog mollies in the trenches that are all ready to go? And, you know, your D-line's been, I think, very healthy this season. So uh, Houston cannot say that. It's a short week. Their O-line has, you know, just been uh, literally a, a, a revolving door at every single spot. And their D-line in particular, they're banged up. They won't have their leading stacker and Johnson Grenard. A couple of other injuries to watch. How much can Will Anderson play? Their number three overall pick out of Alabama who, you know, when he played last week, albeit in a small role due to an ankle injury, he was very effective. You know, how much can he play? When does he play? That'll be something to watch for 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 tomorrow. So, you know, when you ask run game specific, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that falls into the trench category. But you've got a disadvantage at quarterback. I don't think you know it, it, you'd be naive not to acknowledge that. But everywhere else, Brett, I see Colts advantages. Can you make sure those advantages also happen on the field? And can you make up for you know? The, the difference, in my opinion, in C.J. Stroud versus Gardner Minshew. Uh, Kevin, one of the great storylines of this season has been Max Bowen and his selections. <laughs> uh, all the pressure in the world this week. Now, I do have to say 
that Max has learned how to maximize, uh, so to speak, pardon the pun, uh, his 15 minutes of fame because uh, he really drew out this week. But uh, give us the pick. What did Max say for this game? So Max did indeed go with the Colts. There was a moment I looked at my wife this week and thought, you know, if he picks the Texans, we might have to, we might have to get the police <laughs> out front here uh, for the final couple nights before the game. But uh, for any of those that did watch the video, which is on my, my Twitter, and Max is now 11-5 and five on the season, he has gotten eight straight games correct. So he did pick the Falcons and the Bengals correctly. Um, there was certainly a little bit of indecision. Uh, I think contemplation is the word that my wife used in her uh, expertise in editing together the video because uh, Max had uh, quite a pause where we needed to speed it up a little bit to, uh, to, to get to the end quicker. But he went with the Colts, um, and if the last eight weeks are any indication, that is a good sign for the Colts and their postseason hope. Okay, so that was the first take, right? We're not being played on this video. No, no, we are we we are not. Like I said, he has picked the uh, yeah picked the Falcon. I mean, hell, at one point this season he was three and five, <laughs> and then he rattled <laughs> off eight in a row. So uh, I think the eye attraction of the Colts helmet stands out to him on a rather you know weekly basis. But for some reason, the Falcons and the Bengals helmet uh, were uh, were two that he wanted to pick. So, uh, yes, he has gone. He has gone with the Colts, and his dad has disagreed with him several times this season, and uh, and the 15-month-old has got the last laugh. So I will be agreeing with him for tomorrow. When will Max's radio show be starting? I want to be sure to tune in. <laughs> I know. Gosh. Uh, once Juju Gaga turns into uh, you know, Colts and Texas chatter, he'll uh, uh, have to find a new job. You know, I think there might be money in, in uh, betting tips. Uh, might have to create <laughs> his own website or his own uh, social media account. Uh, but... But by the way, I, you know, on the video, he does take a beeline right for that Texans helmet. The whole way, I'm thinking, don't do it, Max. Don't, don't do it. it it's not going to be well, good. Well, he your also, father. he also just tapped the Colts helmet, which we've made it very clear over the years. It, it, it tap does not lead to the pick. You've got to actually scoop the helmet <laughs> up. So when he tapped the Colts helmet, there was one thing I'm about. Oh my gosh! If he turns around and goes to Texans, <laughs> literally, we're going to have to have police here. At our house, but uh, he did he did scoop up the Colts helmet eventually. Uh, Kevin, I want to get a, a quick take from you on IU basketball because you're much closer to it down in Indy than than we are. But our observations, or at least my observations up here, I start to question if this is a team that's got off court chemistry uh, because it's starting to look to me. I always feel like consistent energy uh, is something that's contagious among teammates because they play hard for one another. And that they've got a good chemistry and they owe it to each other to give their best effort. And I'm just wondering if we're seeing that out of the Hoosiers and if it could be a sign of off-court chemistry. And I'm not starting to start, I'm not trying to start any kind of uh, rumors or speculation. But in my years of watching college basketball, sometimes you see teams that aren't as connected that play with this type of inconsistency. What do you, what do you think about the Hoosiers? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest. That particular thought is not one that's crept in my head. Um, I think it's just poor roster construction, um, and, and I'll focus a little bit more just on the court. Um, I think you were naive to think that this level of guard play was going to be at an acceptable level for where that program should be. You know, Jalen Hojefino by this time last year, Brett, he was starting to skyrocket up draft boards. So that's when you know you should have started to look. All right, transfer portal. We can't come out of there without you know some high level guard. And they swung and missed on several. 
throughout that, that portal. And then internally, they just have not recruited and developed at those positions that you need to. I mean, there's, there's no business in Nebraska having better guard play than Indiana. And it was far better. It was, you know, it was whatever, varsity to JV, JV to freshman guard mm-hmm. the other night. Uh, and then I just think big picture, Brett, it's just, and this dates back to prior to Mike Woodson, but finally a college basketball program that has spent more on their program. And whether that is facilities, whether that's NIL, whether that's fans buying tickets to games, and gotten less in return than Indiana University over the last decade. You know, when you talk about on-floor results for that program, I, I, no one jumps off the page at me that would rank up there. Um, it's an unbelievable tradition. It's an unbelievable history. Uh, again, resources are out the wazoo, and yet the on-court results are just not even sniffing an acceptable level. I'm watching that game Wednesday night. I'm thinking, this doesn't shock me, this result. And, and like, think about that. You're down double digits throughout the game, really, to Nebraska, and I'm sitting there thinking this does not surprise me. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. And maybe Xavier Johnson, you know, becomes good Xavier Johnson, and you can ride that for a little bit, but... You just aren't in the business with your non-conference schedule the way it unfolded for you to squander really any, uh, or I should say many, of these chances, particularly away from home, moving forward. You, you, you've got to, you know, a better than 500 record in the Big Ten, that's not going to be enough. You need even more than that. You need the quality away from home. You need to sprinkle in some big wins. They've got a trio of ranked games coming up here in about a week or so. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd put it more just roster construction. Uh, it's not about necessarily just getting pieces. You've got to make sure those pieces are the right ones and you can put them into a puzzle. And sometimes you need to adapt to your pieces as well. And I think that's been an issue for Mike Woodson this season too. Well, it's great talking to you, KB. Have a great weekend. Go Colts. Hope we have more Colts to talk about down the road. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. You bet, Brad. Same to you guys. Have a great one. Yep, that is Kevin Bowen from 93.5107.5. The fan down in Indianapolis hosts the Wake Up Call with Kevin and Andy, and, uh, of course, the new star of the household is Max, who uh, every week they have a video. And Max, how old is Max? He's a toddler, right? I mean, can't, he, can't he can't be two, be two yet. Two, no, right? he's, he thinks he's in his ones. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's all of one-year-old. And uh, all of Colts Nation, their hopes are riding on Max picking the little plastic helmet because they put the two plastic helmets for the two teams and he walks down the walkway and then has to pick one or the other. I want to know where Kevin got the little plastic helmets for every NFL team. Uh, you can buy the complete set. Oh. Uh, I, I, I've seen them uh, advertised before. So he must have gone out, bought the complete set, be, let, let Max take a pick. And now Max has become a hit, mostly because he keeps getting these right. Yeah, eight in a row. Yeah, he's been hot. 11-5 and five on the season, eight in a row, and going for nine in a row with the biggest game on the line. It's a good thing he's not in our pigskin picks on 1380thefan.com. <laughs> uh, we won't talk about that. We'll take a quick timeout and come back. Kevin Kiermeyer joined us yesterday. We'll let you hear that conversation next here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. We got a special guest to get this uh, thing underway. And uh, about every year, off season, we connect, touch base, catch up with one of Fort Wayne's very own former Bishop Lures product. Of course, one of the biggest Purdue fans that you're going to know out there. Former member of the Tampa Bay Rays, now a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. And it has become official. He will return to Toronto this season. Signing a one-year deal, and it is eight 
digits for a year. Not bad. Not bad for the hometown product. And he's joining us right now on the guest line. Of course, you know who it is. It's Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin, how are you? Uh, hey, Brett, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Besides having a little pocket change for this summer, I guess things are going pretty well, huh? You know, I uh, I work for everything I've gotten. I know what this life could provide years ago, and I just said I want to be the best baseball player I could ever possibly become. And uh, 14 years later, here I am. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a heck of a ride, but... Uh, yeah, you know, there, it, it takes care of me very well, me and my family, but, um, like I said, I worked my butt off for it and I'm very, very thankful, very grateful. Well, congratulations. It's, it's great to see. I mean, Fort Wayne's proud of what you've been able to accomplish and we know Thank that you. you have had to work to earn it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting. A lot of, a lot of guys, uh, make that fight trying to get to the biggest level of baseball. They don't make it. Some make it, but don't stick. And you've been able to have a successful, long career uh, now with your second ball club, and uh, and now a repeat opportunity in Toronto. Um, you know, with the off season, I, I know we've talked to you. I think the last two or three off seasons, as you become an older player, and I don't want to make it sound like you're Tom Brady at forty six, <laughs> yeah. but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you're mid, what mid thirties, that right? Yeah, I'll, I'll be thirty four in April. And so, you get to this point in your career. How has the off season changed? Do you have to work harder? Do you work less? What What's your off season like? Uh, it's wild. I'm, I feel like I've done more this off season than than I've ever done. Uh, but at the same time, I know I've said that several off seasons. Uh, but. I don't know, you hear like the cliche athletes saying like, this is the best I ever felt, the most in shape I've ever been, blah, blah, blah. Like I can honestly say like I've actually believed that every year. And each year is different totally. And as you age, yeah, you got. I can't do things that I used to do, but I can still move around really well. And I know what I need to do. And I, I do a lot of the same things I used to do uh, when I first started up with pro baseball back in 2010. But as the years go by, you understand you know, what's really important and, and get to a schedule, then I have kids and then you got to adjust. So I got a really good schedule right now. My wife is great letting me do everything I need to do. We have help with the nanny. So uh, long story short, I don't know. I sit here, I, I work, I feel like I'm working as hard as I ever have my, my whole career and my body's feeling great and I'm moving phenomenal. So uh, I don't know, there's just that fire that's letting you each and every year. And, and I like to think I... Outwork most guys every off season. Here I am once again, just uh, dedicated to my craft and love being obsessed, working on my body and, and trying to always improve year in, year out, on and off the field. Do you get support in that? Do you have strength and conditioning? Do you have to have a personal coach? Do you have a team guy that you consult with as far as what you do for off season workouts? Uh, every, everyone's different. There's people who have like teams, like you just said, of, of people setting up everything, but I like to do stuff on my own and I've made really good connections over the years. So like I got a massage here less than an hour away and I'll do 90 minutes for that today. And I try to do that once a week, do Pilates twice a week. I like to hit right now four or five times a week, uh, strength training, speed stuff two or three times a week. So I'm I'm in a ton of different places right now, um, but I love being busy, and it's all to 
just do body work and you got to sit here and do things that you don't necessarily want to do cold tub and you know stuff like that but you got to preserve the body and i've I've learned that uh years ago and as you get older um it doesn't get any easier by any means and now i have to like stick to the massage and cold stuff cold tub more than i have my whole career preparing myself for the long haul ahead and just trying to train my muscles uh to build that stamina for like i said we play every day and our bodies are put through the ringer but we can prepare right now um so it's not as hard come july august september october uh we've got a lot of envy right now having you talk about getting a massage in 90 minutes that would have been the perfect time to talk to you by the way was while you're laying on a massage table getting a good oh, I'm rub sleeping down. i'll be i'll be just <laughs> off to sleep um the uh of course i uh, i have to ask about uh the boilermakers uh oh, you yeah. know and, and your love of purdue they've got a big one coming up tomorrow night where where are you at in the off season? Do you still reside full, uh, in your off season down in the Tampa area? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I'm in Tampa. So you're not going to be at West Lafayette tomorrow night for that game. I will not be in West Lafayette, unfortunately. But I'm going to try to get there, take my son. Uh, hopefully, before I head off the spring train, we'll see if we can make that happen. But I will be. Uh, nuzzled in on my couch watching just like I do every game. So uh, this is the best bowler team I've seen in a while. They've had some really good ones, but I feel like if there's any year for them to sit here and make a run with the, the depth and the Braden Smith and Edie doing what they're doing, but especially like Braden Smith elevating his game the way he has. Um, and, you know, Fletcher Lawyer and other guys, when, when Purdue hits their threes and they can go to Edie, they can be anyone in the country and that's that's their game and i love i love watching these guys man uh any concerns about the uh the march history as you as we get to the <laughs> oh, end yeah, of course <laughs> i mean are, are, are you are you confident are you reluctantly no. uh optimistic what what's your feeling yeah, on this team when it comes to the postseason yeah i think you know even people who aren't Purdue fans will sit here and be like, "Oh man, I swear! Like they're those, they're that team that's good every year, but then they lose to someone crazy in the tournament, and uh, rightfully so. But you gotta, you gotta think our luck is gonna turn for us, and like it's crazy. It's, it's uh, you know the same game, but just a little bit bigger stage, a little bit brighter lights, and obviously the last, I don't know, especially last like five, six year, 2019 in Virginia was awful, but. Um, I, I think they're gonna, man, I'm telling you, there's something different about them this year. They look great on the road as well, winning Maui and stuff like that. Purdue's always great at Mackey, but whenever they leave there, you never know what team is gonna show up. And, um, I know they've had their struggles in March and years past, but once again, you gotta be reluctantly optimistic, just and trust that this is the group to do it. So only time will tell, but, um, man, they are they are fun to watch, and I just feel like they are as deep as they've ever been with some uh, really nice pieces added to the team. And uh, we shall see. We shall see here in a couple months. <laughs> hey, Kevin, I got to ask about Bishop Lures. Do you still follow the Knights? Got a state championship this year? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I watch I watch the highlight zone every week, every Saturday morning. I lo- I love that. I love sticking with keeping up with my Fort Wayne sports and as much as I can, but, uh, I was aware that they won, but I, I couldn't tell you like one player on the team or anything like that, but I, I know they won and 
still keeping the tradition going. So good for Lures, another state title under their belt. You know, last year was kind of a strange off season. Didn't know where you would end up. You ended up in Toronto, and after basically playing your whole career in one organization, all of a sudden now. Uh, you've got to move into someone else's house. How awkward was that? What was that adjustment like for you? Uh, it was, you know, I I just looked at it like it was a new opportunity, and I knew that um, so many different things were going to come about, and I just wanted to have fun with it, make it enjoyable for myself and my my wife and my kids. And we had a great living situation up there. My wife cried the last day we were there. She didn't want to leave. She loved wow. it. My kids, my kids were my kids were obsessed with it, and uh, it was great because I haven't been in like that. Uh, that it was very Midwest like in Toronto. Like the weather in April and May was very similar to what was going on in Fort Wayne, and I haven't been home or around that. I've been in Florida for the last 13, 12, 13 years at that time of the year. And uh, so to be home and or like get them like spring smells in the air once again up in you know Midwest territory was uh, great and I I loved every second of it. I can't wait to go back and my my family says the same thing. This is a, a great opportunity for us and, and we're going to try to run with it. Have you been able to swing through uh, our corner uh, neck of the woods here up in northeast Indiana? Have you done any fishing? I know that's one of your passions too. Is you love to go catch those big big fish out of the pond? Yeah, yeah, I love I love to go bow fishing up there in northeast Indiana. It's my my favorite thing to do. Not even close. I was able to get up in October, but it was really cold. Like the day we got up and all the way through Halloween. So my my October didn't have as much fishing as I wanted, but to be up there at the lake uh, in my favorite month of the year. It was amazing. And I just actually went up last weekend to my lake house. Again, I had like a little boys weekend with my brothers and a couple buddies, and we had a great time. So there was no snow or ice for us to ice fish or do anything like that. But uh, we watched a lot of sports, and it always feels good going back to Indiana. I love it up there. All right, so heading into this season, I think, what, it's 11, your 11th full season, and I think, uh, is that right, 11th full year of Major League Baseball? Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. All right, so give me an idea, because you talk about how the off-seasons have changed and trying to take care of your body. Well, you know, certainly that's not you on the field. You put your body on the line quite often, and you've had the injuries to prove it. Do you play different? Are you now, as an older player, more conscious of things that could get you hurt? Uh, in some ways, but I, I always, uh, I say I know my game, I know my strengths, I know what I excel at, and for me, a, a large part of that is my defense and what I do out there. And, and when you play really good defense, all the best in the game, whether you're an infielder or outfielder, guys are getting dirty. And making crazy plays, and for me, crazy plays are running a long way, making diving catches, robbing homers, maybe leaping up, hitting the wall a little bit, all with controlled violence, of course. Um, but I, I know what I sign up for each and every year. I want to go out there and make plays. Like I never take the field and say, okay, let's not get hurt today. We're never trying to get hurt, but I'm going to go out there and play the way that my instincts tell me to, and it's just a gear or a speed that I feel like not as many people can match, but that's the way I'm programmed. That's the way I'm wired. And I could not drive home at night if I knew I was just like getting by with going through the motions and 
just trying not to get hurt. I don't I don't care. I'll take bumps and bruises and the things that have have came throughout my career. I, I looking back, I would not change my style of play at all. Here I'm about to get ten years of service time in the major leagues. I've done something right along the way. I'm proud of that, but I'm not the most talented player on the field. I got to care more than the guys that I'm playing against, and and I think my play would would show that I do just that. So it's all about the team and going out there trying to get wins, and I'll take some blood, some bruises, whatever. But uh, that's just kind of what happens throughout the course of the season. Uh, Kevin, I just saw an article that was talking about your new deal with the Blue Jays, the one-year deal. Uh, it was just announced uh, over the last couple of days. But uh, I saw an article, and it referred to you as a defensive specialist. And when you hear yourself identified that way, <clears throat> Uh, what are your thoughts? Was there ever a, a point where that offended you, or have you come to the point where that's a compliment? How do you feel when someone calls you a no. defensive specialist? Yeah, that's it's it's very fair, and I always end it with saying, "Well, I know I excel, and I am one of the absolute best at defense." There's, and I'll, that's why I'm called that. But at the same time, like me, the other half of Kevin Kiermeyer talking is like, "Hey." I can do some great things offensively as well. And I've, uh, you know, throughout my whole career battled inconsistency in a lot of things, but, um, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, of what I've done. I feel like I've been my best coach throughout the whole way and I'm always trying to improve my game and people sometimes forget how hard it is to go out there and face the pitching that we do every night. And the guys who go out there and <clears throat> Ronald Acuna's and Mookie Betts is Freddie Freeman's of the world. I have no idea how they do that year in, year out, hitting 300 with 30 and 40 homers. It, the game is not that easy, and I love being around, um, you know, so many good players who will sit here and say the same thing, and you watch these superstars, like, struggle and, and do certain things, and I'm always like, well, hey, I know there's levels to this, but we're all in, in this with each other, and um, you just ride the good with the bad, and hopefully that you can stay consistent as you can, and for me, that's what I did last year and that's what I was trying to do I always like if I can just sustain consistency I can be a darn good player and I did you know I stayed healthy I played good offensively great defense uh and this year I want to take it to the next level I want to be even better than what what I was last year and and I'm working towards that and it's been uh it's been a blast yeah and hit above the league average I think 265 average last year so uh yeah. let's Let's not forget what uh, what those accomplishments are offensively. By the way, uh, having the time you've had in the league, you've had a chance to play in every ballpark. Is there a particular center field that that you like over the others? Maybe just the space or or the feel, the lighting. <laughs> yeah, is, I really I really like Detroit because it's the biggest outfield in baseball, and I love standing yes. out there in center. And I just look around. I I just. Uh, I, I just go out there every time and I'm like, boy, there's so many opportunities that can be had throughout the course of this game. And I love taking the field there every time just because I feel like that's where I can really let my, uh, showcase my talents for what I can do out there. And, and I want that ball that I'm running like 150 feet for <laughs> warning track. I, I dream of those situations. So I love it. I love it there. Um, Fenway is a really cool place. Just the historic value of that is really cool, but there's a lot of nooks and crannies yeah. out there, and it's kind of a more difficult center field to play there. But I love going there every time. But I like uh, I like them fields where I can, you know, kind of 
spin my wheels a little bit and, and have fun out there. Have you ever, ever been up the hill in Houston? Yes, I have. Uh, back in 2015, I made a catch run up that, but that's okay. my only memory of it. <laughs> okay, I just because you talk about the strange nuances of some yep. of these fields. By the way, you did strike a chord with my producer when you mentioned uh, Detroit. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, were you uh, in favor of them bringing in the outfield there a little bit up in Detroit? Have you played there since they've brought in that outfield fence? Uh, did they, Yeah, they did bring in Comerica last year. Yes, I did. Um, and it is a huge difference. I mean, you go out there two, three years ago, and it looks like an absolute graveyard. But uh, <laughs> like I said, guys like me, I know how I am. It might, it might intimidate some other guys, or they don't know where to play, but for me... I'm just standing out there on an island with a lot of room to cover, and uh, I love that. It's a great opportunity for me to, like I said, make plays that I would in other places. You go to places like Anaheim. Anaheim is the shortest center field ever. I feel like I'm playing 30 feet behind the shortstop, and I'm, like, on the warning track. It's so weird. It's crazy. But then you go to Detroit, and you feel like you're on a different field, and uh <laughs> That's what I love about baseball, though. You go on the road, and there's something new, uh, way, I mean, a ton of things that are new about each park, and it's so fun to, you know, sit here and relive all the memories that I've made in certain parks, uh, and hopefully many more to come. Yeah, it's like you're playing center field in Windsor when you're in Detroit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, Kevin, uh, we always enjoy catching up with you. So what's next? Uh, when Mid-February, is that reporting time? Yeah, usually around Valentine's Day is when uh, things get going. But they're, the complex is 40 minutes away from my house, so I don't have to worry about housing or anything. I'm going to show up there tomorrow for the first time and kind of uh -huh. pop in a couple times throughout the week. But uh, come mid-February, I'll be ready to go. I'm right. ready to go right now, but I got another month and a half of getting locked in and, and showing my teammates what I've done this offseason. They still in Dunedin? They are. Jeez, <laughs> wow, that's been a long time. Uh, yep. I don't know how long, but I know it's been a long time they've been in Dunedin. All right. Uh, hey, Kevin, uh, always appreciate you, man. We'll, uh, we'll have to co connect again sometime. So one of these years we have to connect sometime during the season, but I always don't want to get in the way. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, no, thank you. We, we could do that. No problem. We follow you. I tell you this. We follow you all year. Watch what you're doing. Uh, you know, again, you're the pride and joy of Fort Wayne and, and we're the biggest small town in America. So when we see one of our yeah. own out there doing well, we love it. So congratulations to you. Give the best to the family and, uh, have a great year up, uh, north of the border this summer. Awesome. Well, well, thank you. That Thank you for all those kind words. I appreciate it so much. And uh, thanks again for having me on. Yep. That is Kevin Kiermeyer joining us from Bishop Lures. Uh, of course, big Purdue fan and uh, and now playing for Toronto. And it's kind of a shame we don't get to see him all that much, you know, with the baseball the way it is. We, we you know, it's not I think it's probably one of the the more difficult sports to be able to follow every game on TV. Uh, because you've got the regional networks, if it's, you know, Reds, Cubs, we can follow that. But, uh, but it's, it's sometimes it's a little tough to be able to follow Toronto. But, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer joining us here on the Sports Rush. This is Joe Tippman and you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. Welcome back, final time of the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. Brett Rump, Adam Lundy. I got to get out of here, heading over to Wayne High School for Northside Wayne Boys Basketball tonight as our Parkview Sports Medicine High School Basketball Game of the Week. 
Don't forget, right after the game, we'll shoot over to the Waynedale Pizza Hut, where you could join us for the PSM postgame show, scores, highlights, coaches, interviews, and plenty of more coming up before 1030. And then at 1030, we turn it over to the coach, Bob Lovell, with Indiana Sports Talk up until midnight. Coming up uh, tonight, special programming note, Purdue, Illinois, is going to be on our sister station, 92.3 FM. That is WoWo Radio, 92.3 FM only. 92.3 FM, Purdue, Illinois, starting with the pregame show at 7.30. Tomorrow, join us at the Coliseum, Mastodon's Wright State, 12.45 pregame, 1 o'clock the tip. We'll be back on Monday, another edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.